This is Miles Sergey from Calder City Development Corporation out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. And you're listening to the Decisive Podcast Series with your host, Roberto Q. Ingram. Hello, everybody. It's Roberto Q. Ingram, and you are listening to another Decisive Podcast series. It's November the 15th, 2017. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy the program today. I'd like to welcome to the show once again. He is a part of the Decisive family. He's from Grand Rapids, Michigan, and he goes by the name of Miles Serge, or is it Miles Sergey? Which one is it? What do we call you, Miles? Sergey. Sergey. Okay, that's not gay as in gay, but that's gay as in French or Italian or what? I have no. Well, Russian. Russian. <laughs> well, I'm happy to have you. Well, I'm happy to have you back on the program after about it's been a year, right? A little over a year. Yeah. He's an awesome human being, musician, DJ, and producer, and a very fun person, too, as, as well. Uh, he takes everything positive and lightly, like I do, unlike these last few days I've been tested. Uh, thank God I get a chance to talk to him today. We will listen to his music mix a little bit later, and in the meantime, we will get to know a little bit more about my guest today. So let's welcome Miles Sergey. Thank you, thank you. Man, oh man, I see you got a lot of things coming up, my friend. There's a few few things, few things happening. You know what? Uh, okay, go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, no worries, no. There's a few things, uh, a lot of things actually that's coming out. Um, Early next year, it was actually done this year, but you know, with the delays at the pressing plants and record labels and all that. Okay, you know, sometimes we, it's, cool. Uh, before we get to that, before we get to all the releases and stuff, I gotta ask you a, <laughs> a very interesting question about how you are described as a the en, the enigmatic Miles Sergey. Exactly, can you tell me what that means? No, actually, I'm trying to figure it out myself because. Uh, <laughs> That's what the uh, my new agency came up with when they did my my new bio, enigmatic. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess that's mysterious or I would take it. I don't know. The, e- <laughs> but, the enigmatic Miles, the low flying techno producer. Okay, what does low flying techno producer mean? Um, the way I interpret it is that um, I'm kind of like uh, not a household name. So, which I get it, but I, I'd rather be a household name, name than a low flying techno producer. That's what I'm talking about. Take that title <laughs> down, man. Yeah. So, but I guess it's like how they try to describe like me. Um, I think personally, when people meet me, they want to know what I do, and they assume that I'm like some some new jack that's just started like a year ago or something, and. When I show them a discography or tell them that's the things I'm doing, how come we've never heard of you? And I'm like, that's a good question. I really don't know. But um, it's just one of these things, man. I mean, sometimes it, it sucks, you know, 
not to be owned. That's that low right. flying techno producer you're talking about. That's the low flying about. techno. That's the low flying techno. Right? But at the same time, I mean, it's just kind of cool because when people get to know you and see some of the things you've done, they're actually amazed. So I guess you know, and that's that's pretty cool too. But I really think for me. Like even as a DJ and slash producer, especially as a DJ, I think I'm like a a DJ's DJ. Right on, right on. So, um, and that's cool too. But I mean, sometimes it's just like I don't know. It, it kind of hurts, hurts, hurts in a way. I'd rather be known. I mean, and I do think there's a lot of people out there that are like household names, and mm-hmm. that's cool too. But I think on the downside of that, I think because of those household names, so to speak, that people don't venture out to look for new people or older people that's been around forever. It's like, it's just getting force fed. Like, oh yeah, this is the DJ you should know. Well, would this, and, well, would this house household name title also include someone that's probably doing this all year long, day in, day out. And some people have a day job. Some people doing this as a hobby. Some people are not doing this, uh, uh, type of work full time to become a household name is that also could that also be a part of the uh, equation that could be I mean I'm not taking anything away from people that do this 24 hours a day uh, I would love to be doing this 24 hours a day unfortunately uh, due to some circumstances or just not being popular enough where people give you the opportunity or to be that, you know what I mean? So it's pretty hard. I mean, I think it's, it's safe to say, in my opinion, there's a good 10% of our culture that actually are able to work as a DJ or producer and do nothing else. What would you think would be the right solution to get you to that level of relevance, hard work, persistence, a hit, a hit record, day in, day I, out. I, yes, honestly, I couldn't, I couldn't. I really couldn't tell you. I mean, I know several of my friends that are huge producers or been producing forever, and they still haven't had that break. And I've sat around and talked like, "What can we do? What aren't we doing?" And I don't think we're doing nothing different than any other of these other of these people that are actually big names, except maybe. They have teams of people that are, are behind them. Right. There's a lot of money. Uh, that's a lot of money being wrapped up in these people. Understood. And there's a huge machine, and this machine is 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 constantly turning, and they fit in that equation. And rather, you know, if they they look a certain way, they dress a certain way they're a certain gender or not, or wherever it might be, I think this machine is what's really pushing this. And I'm not saying that these people aren't talented. Some are, some aren't. But, you know, it's 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 hard. And I really think, you know, I've been doing this for, damn, damn near half my life, you know what I mean? And, and I know people have done it longer than me. I just think it's a crapshoot. So you like, think it's also a generation gap, a big generation gap between? There's a gap, there's a gap. Um, but I just think it doesn't, sometimes it doesn't matter what you do. It's either in your card to be this or not. I and agree. I, that could be also a, a major yeah, yeah. Game, game changer, shall I say. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I've been in situations where I've like, you know, fuck it, I'm quitting, or this and that. And, you know, we have several talks, you know, me and your friends oh, yeah. and stuff, different oh, yeah. things, you know, but it, it comes to the point that I really talked to one friend, and they were like, you gotta realize that you might be at your peak. Yeah, you exactly. might have had, and and that's it. And whether that peak was you for you to be super successful or known, you just have to realize that that this might be it for you. You might not get anything. So, right. and I started thinking like that. I'm getting older and stuff like that. And I look back at some of my opportunities that I've had and what I've done in this amount of time. And I'm all right with that. You know what I'm saying? Don't get me wrong. I would love to be touring all over and never home and making 10,000 euro a gig and, and or more and, and, and traveling. But I gotta be also grateful for the things I've have accomplished because there's a lot of people who are actually trying to get where I'm at. Do you so, do you feel that you have taken all advantage of each opportunity that you have experienced or come your way? I'll say no. Okay. But that's not uh, that's not saying that you know for maybe some circumstances it wasn't completely right or some part of the equation didn't fit, but. I've can safely say I've taken my opportunities. Uh, I took advantage of the opportunities that I've had, at least some way, shape, or form. Seriously, uh, maybe not a hundred percent. Okay, good. But maybe you know eighty percent or something. But you know, yeah, because timing is, is everything. I think timing is everything, and and I know that what I'm what I'm seeing is there. There is a not everyone can be on the top scenario no no you can't you, you totally can't be but i mean if you look at the the broader scheme of things it's good to be somewhere to nowhere exactly and, th and it seems like what i'm noticing about electronic music is because of the different avenues uh let's say social media and and um the different promoters and uh different types of events which are uh, becoming a lot more, um, shall I say, private and also back to kind of this uh, underground uh, channel uh, for independent music lovers and independent artists. For uh, example, free rotation. Right. At some point, some people could have given up already, you know, uh, at this stage. Right. But uh, yeah, so I'll get few more questions about that a little bit later but what are your three monocores i see that you are also releasing under the name of translate and ms and also there's one more right miles of course miles and then an obscure thing way back in the days i was going under sergio mf valente which was sergio motherfucking valente and it was just kind of like oh let's do something different um, my old partner, 616, uh, Brian Miller, uh, goes under, uh, Detroit people mover and freak. Uh, he used to call me that just, he used to just call me that anyway. And just one day we decided, Hey, you should use that for a relief. So it's a few releases under that moniker, but, um, they were mostly like older stuff, a lot of acid type stuff. So was this release, well, was this release, uh, attached to that moniker acid? Uh, what type of music? Yeah. Those were, it was more like Jackie tracks and like acid type of stuff. So, 
But I haven't used that in a, in a, in a while. Ooh, a long time. Miles, man. Sounds good to me, Jackin. And the translate moniker is uh, give the listeners a picture of what translate means to you. It's me, but it's more in a, a more housey direction. Um, it all came about when I, I did my release for Russ, Russ Gabriel for uh, Fear Ox like two years ago. I loved it, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, it happened to be like, I think his, to- his 50th release or something. So it was this whole little special thing around it. And um, I was like super stoked and excited. Like, yeah, I, I, you know, I love Ferox as well. It was legendary label, you know what I mean? So I was like, I had the opportunity to awesome support label. And um, so we took it. But at that time, um, I had four other releases coming out at the same time. Well, they were scheduled to come out around the same time, but mm-hmm. we all know that it don't work out. So, oh yeah, you got to be careful about that. Yeah, he was like, "Well, uh, we got to do something because uh, maybe you need to come up with a, a name and go under not your name because you got four releases coming out, including mine, at around the same time, and you got to force people to choose to buy a record." And I totally get it. You know, because sometimes people won't buy all your releases. They're going to pick one or the other. So we came up with Translate. I came up with Translate. And um, I don't... At the time, I was talking to a lot of people in different countries. And I was using a translator. So I was like, oh, let's let's see where this goes. And so Translate, the name. So translate is more house. It's more housey stuff. More of a deep house vibe. Um, with, with, with techie influences, but... It's not my usual stuff that I do, you know what I mean? So, but it's you. But it's that's, me. That's all that matters. Yeah, that's I'm trying to I'm just trying to distinguish between the different styles because you obviously have um, an open mind for different directions. So with that said, I'm trying to understand or get the listeners to understand what they can expect with translate, what they can expect with the other monikers, what they can expect with MS. Right. Um, translate is more housey, little techie thing again. Uh, a lot of stuff, a lot of more atmospheric. Um, experimental. Some, it's, yeah, it's really experimental house. If okay, you want to really coin it, that's what I coin it. It's experimental house. It could be super deep. It could be something. Oh yeah, it sounds like an old Dage tracker. It could be anything. Who knows what it's going to be? But it's more experimental, and more of a house vibe. Okay, um, and the MS. Me, MS is kind of like whatever, um, more Jackie kind of stuff, real minimal, minimal, yeah, Rob stuff or something like that, or just whatever I feel like. Hey, I'm gonna put something out on MS, and it's you know, kind of like my outlet, outlet to do whatever. And me as my my name, Al Sergey, is more of a techno thing, more of a Detroit, Detroitish sound, mm-hmm. but minimal is, is you know as well, but. Um, more structured things. Okay, good. So that's that's where I'm at right now. And any one of those, like right now, to be honest, the music that I'm actually creating now, it's more likely more kind of translate feel. Like okay, over the past, house. I've been in more, more of a housey vein. And even though I play house and I play techno, and I, I, my music tends to be something in between. But the translate stuff right now is just really... It's the stuff that I'm feeling for some reason. So, any new releases? Yeah. Any re- new releases coming? Yeah. Um. Besides 
the next translate uh, on my label, uh, Calder City Development Corporation, um, is going to be 005. Uh, right now, we're on number three, and um, that's for my, my my friends Rose and Ulysses from France. Um, that's the one that's kind of it should be out next week, the twenty second. I think it's next week. Um, and then after that, number four is Russ Gabriel, and then number five would be the next translate. Amazing. Um, Russ, oh, so Russ Gabriel so is going to be on that, the Colder City uh, development label. Yes. Okay, sounds yes. great. Uh, banging, banging tracks out to send them there. I send you, yeah, the digital stuff for it. But they're, they're nice. And it was kind of like, you know, he owed me an EP. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I usually work, you know, and, and that's one thing. I get a lot of demos and stuff, and maybe I can put this out there. Like, I rarely work with people that I don't know. Um, unless it's something I hear and I'm interested in. So I don't take unsolicited demos. Um, and I usually try to work with my friends, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it like easier. Tell and, me more. and not everything for I'm money, sorry. you know what I'm I mean? Sorry, but yeah, I mean, everything's not really for money. Um, I trade off, I have no problems trading releases with friends or remixes or anything else. You know, it's that's why it's friends, you know what I mean? So. Um, that's why I just, it's just easier. I like to work with people I know. Tell me um, more about the uh, Colder City um, development label. Um, when did this label begin and um, what can we expect in the future? And what direction actually, you know? Describe All right. describe the concept behind this label. So Colder City came about, um, I've always tried to like give recognition to the city where I'm from. Uh, I wasn't born in Grand Rapids. I was actually born in Flint, Michigan. I've been here all my life, at least since I was like three or four. Um, so I, I, this is where I'm from. I don't claim Detroit. I'm not from Detroit. I'm not from Chicago. I'm not from Kalamazoo. And it's just like one of these things, like I want to give props back to my city. Uh, there's a lot of talent here. Um, there's a lot of things going on here. Um, but I just think because we're not from Detroit, we're always in the shadow of Detroit. So like right now, if somebody asks you, where are you from? I might say, I'm, I live in Michigan. The first thing that comes out of my mouth is Detroit. And I'm like, no, I'm not from Detroit. So I have other theories on that. Maybe we can talk about that later. But so I'm not from Detroit and I want to give back to my city and that give some type of recognition to the city. So I started the label. Um, and with the name Colder City, um, if you know anything about Grand Rapids, there's a big colder downtown, mm. which is not the, the, the architect that made it, but it's a famous architect that made the code. Um, so there's a lot of things happening here, and it just, you know, it's just, it's just Grand Rapids. It's a Grand Rapids vibe. So um, the direction of the label is pretty much, again, more of, I wanted to go a different direction. I wanted to go of a more housey thing. Um, it could be techno too, but just like a, a funky, grooving type of vibe from it. Would you say? And, would you say direction of also more musical, more music? Uh, yeah, it, it could be. It could be. But it was just really, just really something that it was like more deeper stuff. You know, what I mean, um, more experimental. I wanted to wanted to have experimental too, but it was also one of these things like I know I want to go in a more chill, housey type vibe. They can be again experimental and on a techie side too. So um, that was the, the the thing behind it, and it actually came about when I was in Berlin. Um, 
over a year ago. The last time I was in Berlin, and uh, I was at uh, a stay at my friend's house, and I was making a remix for uh, a label, and I just got done. I was inspired to make music, and I did it. I was like, yo, I got to get this out. Let's try something different. And that's how it really came about. But that's pretty much the direction of the label, more housey experimental stuff. And when doing the AR, A&R for your label, what are you looking for um, in the music? Are you um, looking for a certain um, style or a certain um, longevity, a certain um, decisiveness in what uh, a musician's capability and talent to do more than just one release, but maybe 10 releases, or maybe he's a, a musician that's very uh, special. Do you look for any of these things when you are selecting um, artists for your label? Well, um, what I usually try to do, I listen, and I, I listen to whatever really like makes me move. Um, I got a weird, like, I, I, I rarely dance, but if I do, it's something like really gotta be like, oh yeah, that's the shit, you know what I'm saying? So I just listen, I, I really don't have, I'm I'm keen to listen to what anybody has to do. Uh, as long as I get the thing that they're really into their music and they have confidence in their music, it gives me confidence too. But it also comes down to if I listen, I, I can know, like, I think if you're any type of DJ, for instance, and I think it's easier for DJs than people who are producers first. Um, I can drop a needle on a record and hear it in less than five seconds if I like the record or not. Right. Um, and what records that I do or even, you know, records that I buy or, I, or demos, I usually try to skip around. Like I'll play the first, like an intro, some two parts in the middle, a couple of seconds or whatever. If I ever, you know, check it, like, check it on a record, you know, I check the intro, check it out. And in some couple of spots in between, if I drop the needle anywhere within a couple of seconds, you know, something should happen. <laughs> like, F, fat, so, this is sweet. <laughs> or, yeah, something oh, should happen. That's, that's how, how um, I look at, like, going through demos, you know? And and I like stuff that sounds unique because, like, now, techno, house, whatever, it's kind of like, make by, almost like painting by numbers. Everybody yeah. usually follows the formula. And it's very rare these days that you find somebody that could A, either follow the formula but make it their own, mm -hmm. or B, come up with something completely left field that something you never... Something that doesn't sound premeditated? Right. Mm -hmm. And right. when selecting releases for your label, do you play them out to test them first? Do you have a vision of how many sales, how many, where, where, the, where the record belongs in the club scene? I mean, what kind of expectations do you have for for the label? I mean, the, the, I mean, there must be a short term and long term kind of vision of how this re label can be relevant. You know what I mean? I really don't have the opportunity to go out and play stuff out. So, but what I usually do, I have my select group of friends okay, uh, worldwide that I send to to check these. Hey, you know, what do you think? All right, like I, I send a lot of stuff to Russ, uh, Philippe Petit, Aubrey. Uh, I think I saw some stuff for you, for you in the past, and, and Donnell okay. Knox. And hey, what do you think about this? Check it out. You know, Aubrey's a good, and, Aubrey's a good uh, uh, yeah, guy to Aubrey's ask. And al yeah, and also uh, and also uh, Russ Gabriel. Right, those guys are, are excellent, and I have a few other people, you know, that, that I ask to check stuff out. And you know, some like Philippe plays out a lot, so like Philippe has I just on them 
the new Translink thing. It's not mastered or nothing, but hey, check it out. Let me know what you think. And I get good feedback. Um, so that's just one thing. I have my people and, you know, if they don't like it, then they don't like it. If they love it, they love it. But I mean, at the end of the day, and this is with all my releases, it, it's up to me. Um, there's really no plan to like say, you know, this belongs here or this is going to be here in my expectations. I think for me, it's just like if I like it, I'll put it out. Now, whether it sells or not, hey, that's what it is. But, you know, I'm not, a, I'll take the loss, you know what I mean? Just to, to get music that I like and music that I believe in out. Yeah, I mean, not, so you do it. So you do it for the music that you believe in. Yeah, that little extra, yeah, yeah. but that little extra um, knowledge about how well something works, label for your label, and where it works is is very vital. Is very vital. So um, if you're having Russ play, and if you're having Aubrey play, if you're having certain DJs, you're getting some kind of a positive, uh, some kind of a uh, constructive feedback. You know. Which right, I feel right, is yeah, which right. I feel is uh, uh, because you're doing such a great job and such hard work, you know, this extra mile is so is really really important whether you're playing out or not. And some people that you trust, for instance, it's really uh, very important for the the survival of uh, of such a label, of such a label, shall I say? Um, tell us about your production process. Is there a specific structure which you uh? like to begin with? I usually start off with a beat. That's it. Um, if you listen to most of my stuff that I make. It's, so drums first, huh? Yeah. Most of my stuff, like, it's a, it's a minimal sound. Okay. Um, there's not a lot, maybe. My stuff is not crazy. There's some things that happen. But if you really listen to most of my music, it's usually uh, stuff that happens over a progression. Oh, OK. Yeah, that's um, right. That's true. That's true. So it's like snares here and there, different changes or whatever, but you really got to listen to it. But there's also, it's always one element besides the kick that stays the same and it just runs throughout. And I just, I don't know, it's just, it goes back to my approach of being this minimal sound. And when I mean minimal, it's more like a, like minimal as in Jeff Mills and Rob Hood type. Um, not like minimal, like. If it's minimal, then when do you decide when it's done? What what is your expectation? Your final expectation when a minimal track from Miles is done? How do you know when it's done? When it's funky. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then that sounds strange, but I mean, no, no, no. Always, some it has to be some type of funk. Funky would say there's no there's no funk, there's no soul, and everything, even something that stays constant. There's little nuances that make it funky. You know what I mean? So. It doesn't have to be like a grand spectacular thing that, oh, right. this is huge breakdown. No, did you hear that little subtle change that these snares did this or right. this thing did that? <laughs> so that shit just got to be funky. funky. That sound just opened up. That's funk. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, yeah, that's what it is, man. <laughs> is there any preferred amount of uh, records uh, you like to release during the year? No, not really. I'm just happy to get something out. You know, to be honest, like this year has been really kind of slow uh, over previous years. You go back two years, I had something coming out every month. Um, but, you know, things slow down. Uh, 
industry slows down a bit, you slow down a bit, you may be at a different phase of your life or something's going on. Like in this case, you know, I've been working a lot this year, so mm-hmm. now I'm also, it's, you know, I don't have time. Like, I really didn't have time this year to do a lot of things, but, you know, how you gotta I'm, live. And, mm-hmm. How important is consistency for you? I try to be consistent. Um, not, and not just necessarily on releases, like on just me, anything mm-hmm. music related to mm-hmm. this year, like I've been doing a ton of podcasts uh, and I usually don't do podcasts like yours, you know, back in the day and mm-hmm. just a few other, I actually hate doing them, but you know, you get so many requests to do them and this and that. And this year I was like, well, I'm not playing out this much not really releasing much, but I, I try to find ways to stay, I guess, relevant in mm-hmm. some way, shape. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I will say this year with the podcast, like I've have done um, different podcasts in different countries and stuff like that. So it's kind of like maybe like uh, building my, uh, I won't say a fan base, but just my my base, you know, in, in different places. Mm-hmm. So now I get. People follow me from from different countries and different parts of the world that I've never really had any connection to. So it kind of works out. I know some say that uh, they do the podcast to spread the music and the to share artists and to to help promote the independent artists and to as well as your DJing because obviously you're playing other people's music and uh, if you're not unless you are including your label stuff and your releases in these podcasts. Right. And it's kind of worked out. Um, over the last couple of podcasts, um, I got a lot of uh, a lot of people, a lot of these artists that, that uh, you know, I, I checked out. I got a lot of promos this year that I've checked out. It's good music. And I just, I've never heard of them. And these people are like, contact me, like, thanks for playing my record. And I built, I built a lot of, uh, a couple of um, really good connections doing this playing somebody else's music that I've never heard of or they never heard of me and oh I just followed you and checked you out and it's, it's, it's pretty cool man I, I will say it's really really cool where do you foresee the future for electronic music um I had at least had this discussion with somebody else um right now it's in a weird place um I think with the whole EDM explosion here especially in the states I'll, I'll say this, in the US, I have no idea what's gonna happen. I just think there was a huge confusion when EDM came out with a lot of people. And Because I don't play- And minimal. And minimal, but especially the EDM thing. Like, I don't play that. And when people say, oh yeah, it's that, you're playing that EDM. No, I'm not playing EDM. There's a huge disconnect, at least in the US, what the average person thinks. Equating EDM mm. with techno and house. It's not the same, but if you're not into the culture, it's hard to tell people. They don't understand. Um, Europe, I don't know what's going on. I, this song, I think Europe is going to be Europe and it's going to be there and the music changes like every four or five months is a new, something new, especially, you know, in the whole Berlin scene and, 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 and that. Um, this something new. I see a lot of things that are coming back that, from like the 90s. You know I mean? I see a resurgence in the 90s right now. Especially in house, techno too. You know, mm-hmm. that's to me that's that's like the golden era of both, mm-hmm. and it's starting to come back. And I see a lot of 
newer DJs or a lot of DJs like me or whatever, like I always play old stuff in my sets or if I play out somewhere because, you know, there's a generation gap. I mean, I'm like 43 and I'm playing the kids that are like 19 or 20. And when you play older stuff, that is stuff that they're never going to hear unless somebody brings it back. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. they're not checking. So I think there's a resurgence of, of going back to, to older that that older music, that style, that that's that's, that's coming back, you know. So, but it, music always changes, always a, a resurgence or something. But I do think that at some point, that uh, it's, it's going to be a big shift in music. Because um, right now, I think, in my personal opinion, it's the industry is oversaturated. Yes. Oversaturated with yes. DJs, yes. oversaturated, and you know, and I, I don't blame it on technology or whatever, but it's just the fact that you know, there's a million producers, there's a million DJs, and everybody is trying to get to the same peak. You know, they want to be in the top ten producers, and and nobody's, you know, you can be with luck, or again, maybe it's just not in your cards, but it's just it's just too many people trying to fight for. For the same, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. And so I just think now, if you look at music now, I hear a lot of garbage music. I see a lot of garbage DJs, and I'm not pointing fingers and I'm not calling anybody out. But at some point, I think there was a a loss in in, in quality, and 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 it's going to come back because people are going to get sick of doing seeing this. You know what I mean? Of course. Of course. So, but I think there's going to be a, it's, it, it's going to reset itself. There's going to be a purge, and it's it's the system that's going to reset itself at one point in time. And when it does, you'll be ready for that. And when it does, then you have to position yourself to be ready for that, or you're not. You know what I mean? So, do you think the role of social media has completely changed the dynamic of dance music? Yes. It has. It has. Thousand You think how? And also how it's made? Um, a little bit. I don't think necessarily like how it's made. It's really you know changed as much. But I just think that it, social media has done a lot. And I'm not saying it's all negative either. It's 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 good. I mean, it's exposed a lot of people to to our type of music. Okay, let's talk but about at the, the same okay. time. So that's so the good. The good part is what? The good part of social media that it does, it gives more exposure to different artists. Uh, it gives the average everyday person who's never heard of what we do the ability to check things out, uh, the ability to connect people, the ability to find out about different parts of the world. Like, I didn't know that they had a house in South Africa. Build your own fan base. Yes, build your own fan but, base. Uh, promote your own. Yeah. Yes. Yes, independent. So in that aspect, in that aspect, has done a lot to see different cultures and to see different scenes, to see different things and how they interact, and that's great, you know. But on the bad side of things, you know, social media, it, it, it has it's a lot of stuff that happens, man. It's crazy. Um, for example, like going back to this whole the, the DJ thing and the, and the producer thing that. Because of social media, I think a lot of people get lost. 
like a lot of good people, a lot of good artists and DJs get lost in the shuffle because there's so many people now mm-hmm. uh, that you hear about. And it's just like the mass community of people are driven to like one type of sound or one type of DJ. And a lot of these people, they, they're doing it because other influencers are telling them this is what's hot. This is what you need to listen to. This guy, this girl, this music, this DJ, and people are lazy. And I'll give you this example because I know you've been buying records forever, right? So if you go back to like late 80s, early 90s, where it was the internet was around, but it wasn't like popping, you know what I mean? So when you went to a record store, or if you ever worked in a record store, you had to dig for records. You didn't go on the internet just to hear the clips or nothing because there was no clips to hear. You know, you you if you order in a record store, you if you're a record store order, you didn't have you couldn't listen to things. You had to see re-reviews, you had to read magazines, you had to read charts, you had to it was a more it was more intensive to to, to hear things and to see things. Mm-hmm. And you had to actually do work. Now you don't have to do work. You're lazy. And they you you buy something because this DJ is playing it. You know, and it just might not be, you know, what you want, but this DJ what is you feel playing you, it. Yeah, or you got this magazine. Right. You got influenced by um, a magazine or another DJ that played it. Right. So I just think that that part of the thing's gone. And it always goes back to, to money. The industry has changed. And, it, and, and it's really, you know, it's all about, in some instances, it's about money. And it goes back to what we were saying before about when you were asking me at being at a different career position than yeah. I am in yeah. now. Exactly. Um, there's machines and people, there's money. If you got money, and this is the thing, and I've seen this some some interview somewhere, they interviewed some some girl who was a DJ, and she just really wasn't a DJ, but she said, hey, I'm gonna DJ. She got people behind her, and I'm not saying this is just women, this, it happens with guys too. There's a machine behind them, and there's tons of money behind them, and they have the money to purchase ads in, in, in magazines or online publications. They have the money to get this DJ or that to play their song. They have the money, it's money. It's almost like going back to the 50s and 60s with the whole payola thing. You got money, you can play. So even if you have the talent, even if you have the the most um, extraordinary music, you still have to be able to distribute the music, distribute your artistry, distribute your talent, promote your, your artistry. And all of this costs money. Is that what you're saying? It costs money. Okay, good. It costs That's- money. Like, I know some of the most creative and musical people I've ever known in my life that are completely amazing. Like, hands down, like the most, create the most amazing music you've ever heard in your life. Wow. And yet, they're, they're nowhere. Because there's there's nobody pushing them. There's no there's no there's no machine behind them. There's no money. They're just like 
your average person who struggling, you know, to pay the rent. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But yet there's no there's no avenue for them, you know, because when they go to give their stuff to different people or labels, they have their own lane and the first thing that comes out of somebody's mouth, well, it's good, but we can't can't market that. Now with that description what motivates you to continue to do what you do? Um, at times it's really frustrating. And like I said, I've said fuck this shit like 20 times already. Mm -hmm. But it's that hope, my drive. I have a drive. Sometimes I get very discouraged. I'm not going to lie. But it's just like when I try to quit, I can't. I can I can't. So you, you know addicted. what I mean? So know. you're addicted. That's like <laughs> So it's an addiction. Yeah, well, it's so good. Like that. Like, hey it's man, so it's an addiction. Like, if you can't no, if you can't quit, it's an addiction and that's cool. At least you got a healthy <laughs> you got a healthy uh, uh, addiction called music. Yeah. It's like that, you know? I'm not like a pookie selling turkeys enough. To. Right. For me it's like whether I succeed or I fail, music has always been the base. Music has always been the platform. Music has always been the mediator for me to just express or release or just create, regardless if you're on top of the world making millions. The passion right. must always be there. Right. And I think that's it. And then you you just you said it, you summed it up like beautifully because I think for me. It's 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 kind of a release, you know. And whether it gets out, I'm I'm venting, anger, frustration, happiness, sadness, or just normal day activities through music. And somebody gets to hear it. That's it. The motivation and the drive to succeed in such an industry must be uh, to the extreme from all categories of descriptions that we described early earlier on social media uh, money promotion um, getting your doing podcasts promoting what you do this is all part of the world that we live in today is what I have concluded over the last six yeah six years right I would say. And it's it's one of these things. You either, I mean, unfortunately, this 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 is it. This is these are the rules. And you know, like I keep seeing I see things on Facebook every now and then. Like, yeah, in this day and age, you ha you have to be not not just a DJ. You got to be a producer. You got to be a graphic designer. You got to be a sound engineer. You got to be a marketer. You got to be a you know, distributor. And it's the truth. It's totally the truth. This is one. It's not like you know. I'm just. It's very rare now that. You find people that they're just I just make you it's rare I mean in order to succeed you have to do all or you have to have a team behind you and getting a team you know I have somewhat of a team and not really but um it's just it's what it is you know and like I, I give you credit because over the last couple of years like I, I've seen you do you're doing all kind of stuff you know what I mean and and, and I, I give you mad credit that, that you're able to do that and you have the drive and succeed you know the, the vision it's more like you have the vision 
and I see you making the moves. I see what you do, like the podcast series you do. You're always active when I see you DJing. You you do your thing. You got the big smile, the Roberto smile. Everybody loves it. You always talk to people. You meet new people, and you have it. That's that's the thing that you know. You have that, and it's it's a gift, you know. Because everybody doesn't have it, and you're an easy person to talk to. And I think that's the some of the other things that you know is is that. You as a person, you, you gotta be able to have that on top of that, the other stuff, you know what I mean? And that that's great, you know? Well, I, pre- I appreciate the love. I appreciate the love. And um, I think the reason why I do Decisive is extremely important to me because I've also faced challenges that you faced. I faced challenges like you face. I've also given up once or twice, but not completely out but those down times can come back to haunt you if you are not consistent consistency is everything timing is everything and uh, the future for any independent artist also lies in risks and challenges that you take and experiences that you um, encounter and the drive to just do the best you can do and be the best you can be. I would like to say that um, it's always great to have you on the show and I like the I like it when you uh, speak your mind and and uh, never hold back any uh, punches <laughs> shall I say um, and uh, but before we listen, <laughs> I try not. Yeah. But before we listen to your DJ mix um, for Decisive, um, I wanted to ask you: Was there a certain picture that you have in mind as you uh, select the music? Because um, I, f- I feel that which is ultimately important to grasp the listeners uh, by the ear, you know, and uh, yeah, and hopefully throughout the mix you can have their complete attention so do you have a picture in your mind in what direction you want the listener to journey through well hopefully hopefully it's, it's, it's somewhat of a um, typically what I tend to do well you know I was a short a short span of time um, I typically play my even when I'm out playing I usually play my records long um and they build from obscureness to banging to, all right, I'm gonna take it down a notch so you can chill out and groove a little bit. So it's, it's gonna be, it's not gonna be all over the, it's all over the place, but it's more of a controlled uh, ascent. <laughs> so, <laughs> will, will we hear any of your Calder City development? music in this mix you might well i hope so you might who knows (laughs) with that said man thanks a lot for uh joining me today for the decisive uh podcast series guest mix and uh, i'm sure that uh the mix will be exciting and i'm sure that uh we will we will be doing this again uh with you on top of the world i hope so (laughs) thank you so much for joining us uh miles All right, thanks, bro. All right. Peace. Yep.
I want to take this opportunity to thank everybody again for listening in to the Decisive Podcast Series. Don't forget that next week we have XDB from Metrolux Music. I've been waiting to get this guy on the show for about a year now, and we finally have him. He's a record collector and music enthusiast to the core, and uh, that's exactly what we like for Decisive Podcast. I want to again thank Miles Sergey for uh, uh, being here today and giving us some insight on what he's all about and what's coming up uh, in his part of the world. And uh, yeah, don't forget to join us again also for uh, the Munich exclusive where I have Roland Apple joining us, and that's on December the 14th. And then I'll come back with a mix uh, to close out the year uh, on December the 22nd. And uh, if you're in and around Munich, make sure you check out MMA. Make sure you check out Blitz. Make sure you check out Ruta Sunny. Make sure you check out Pimpano and all other hot spots here in Munich. Big shout out going out to Leah Floyers over there at 50 Arc. Big props going to my man Kevin Kennedy. Big shout going out to my boy R2 in Berlin. My girl Sabina Hoffman at Frauengedeck Berlin. Big shout going out to the house queen, Cynthia Cristal. Shout going to my boy Russ Gabriel. That's right, Russ Gabriel. My man African Sciences, Rob. Thanks a lot for helping out. Keith Anderson over there, Timeline Music. Look forward to working with you, buddy. And I cannot forget my man Stanny at Optimal Records in Munich. Thanks for the help, buddy. And all of you that support the Decisive Podcast series and all of you in the members group on Facebook, I will see you next week on the Decisive Podcast series special.
Thank you.